You're listening to The Best in Wealth Podcast, episode number 83. This is The Best in Wealth Podcast, a show for successful family stewards who want real answers about wealth and investing so we can feel secure about our family's future. At The Best in Wealth Podcast, we think differently about wealth and investing. You should too. Hello, everyone. My name is Scott Wellens, and I am your host of the Best in Wealth podcast. This is a show dedicated to helping real people, that is you, my friend, build real wealth so together we can take family stewardship to the next level. I am a certified financial planner, an educator, and a wealth advisor. It's great to be with you today, and today's episode is Seven Steps to Financial Freedom. But before we get to that, I need to apologize that I missed last week's episode. Now, if you've been listening for a while, you know that I should be having episodes in the queue, but I don't. I do my whole podcast on Friday mornings or Friday afternoons and then get it out during the late afternoon a lot. And I'm telling you, I had it scheduled in to do last week. I knew I had to get some stuff done, but I I had it scheduled in for the afternoon. And then what happened was my 19-year-old reminded me that we had a lunch scheduled. And at that point, I could have said, Chloe, I'm so sorry, but I need to do this podcast. And I was so close to saying it, but then I took a step back. I mean, she's 19 years old right now. She goes to to college about a 45 minute drive from my house and she's living on campus for the summer, working a couple of jobs. I talked about that last episode or the episode before. What happened was these episodes that I do got to me. I mean, Most of us, what's the most important thing in our lives? I hope you're not going to tell me it's the money. And you are going to tell me that it's your family. And I've seen through the years with Chloe, I used to spend a lot of time with her. And each and every year, it's less and less and less. So if I'm going to be that true family steward, I think that I should have gone out to lunch with her. And that's exactly what I did. And we had a great time and a great conversation. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, hey, Scott, you can do the lunch, but maybe you ought to prioritize your time a little bit better. Not even prioritize your time, but schedule your time better so you're not up against the gun every week doing the episodes in case something doesn't happen, or I'm sorry, something does happen that you can make up for it and do it the next day. And I know you're absolutely right about that. But for whatever reason, I start scheduling everything in the world Monday through Thursday. And Friday, I try to keep clear, but it just doesn't always work that way. But thanks for sticking with me. Thanks for listening to the Best in Wealth podcast. I'm so happy that you're with me today. Let's get to the topic of the day. All right, here we go, folks. Seven Steps to Financial Freedom. I made up this title pretty 
quickly, and uh, I'll get to the point here in a little bit, but I want to do something a little bit different. I think I just got done telling you that my schedule gets gets packed pretty full, and that's, that's a good thing. It means a lot of people want to spend time with me, especially clients. But I got an email a couple of weeks ago. It's kind of a long email, but gentlemen had some legitimate financial planning questions and I wanted to get to him and life kept getting in the way. So now we're, we're two or three weeks later and I haven't answered him yet. So what I want to do is answer his email on this podcast because there's lessons that he can learn and we all can learn from his situation. So I'm going to read the email and quite honestly, it made me think about some things that I dealt with a long time ago. It's difficult when you're doing a podcast because I released this show and it goes out to to anyone and everyone who wants to listen to a financial planning podcast in many, many different countries. I believe to date I've had people listen to this show in over 50 different countries. And of course, we're all in different walks of life in our financial planning or financial freedom journey. There's some of us who are in our 20s, just starting a family. Others of us are in our 30s and 40s and really uh, know that we need to start getting serious about our financial planning issues so someday we can achieve financial freedom. Others of us, we're getting very close to retirement and then there's a large group of us that listen that are already in retirement right now. The guy who wrote this email, he's 27 years old. But just because he's 27 doesn't mean that some of us might not be wrestling with the same things that he is. We just might be a lot older or, quite frankly, maybe younger than him. So the email came in from a guy named Chris. Chris, thank you very much for sending in your questions. And the email starts, first of all, Let me thank you for your incredible podcast. I have always been good with money and saving it within a regular savings account, but I never understood the stock market or how to invest my retirement money properly. I have learned so much from your podcast and it has become my favorite thing to listen to on the way to work. Sometimes I even listen to episodes more than once to make sure I understand all the info. Well, first of all, Chris, thank you very much for listening to the show. I really appreciate the support and the kind words. It's words like these that keep me going week after week producing these episodes. The email goes on. I have a 401k program in which my company matches 3% of my salary when I invest 6%. I am 27 years old and just started seriously saving for retirement last year. I am currently investing only 3% of my salary and getting a match of 1.5% from my company. I know this is normally a big no-no, but I have some reasons for choosing to do this. And he goes on to list two reasons. Number one, I have a few credit cards that are maxed out on 0% interest programs, but the 0% interest programs are ending at the end of the year. 
and I want to make sure I get them paid off before I have to start paying interest on them. I understand the argument that a 50% match is better than the 20 to 25% interest that I will have to pay on my credit cards, but shouldn't my credit score be a factor as well? I have a very good credit score and have never made a late payment. I think keeping that intact would be important long term as well so I can better so I can get better interest rates down the road on a house, car, etc. Does this make sense or am I looking at this wrong? The second point he makes and his reason for only investing 3% of his 401k is my wife is pregnant and due in November. Congratulations, Chris. We are okay financially now, but she does not want to go back to work once the baby is born. My salary would be enough to keep us afloat, but just barely. So I want to have some extra money available as insurance. I don't have a three to six months emergency fund yet in case something goes wrong and we need the money right away. I think this would be better than putting the money in a retirement account where I can't touch it for 33 years. My plan right now is to pay off all of my credit cards by the end of this year and build up a three to six months month emergency fund before increasing my 401k contribution to at least 6% in 2018. I would continue to increase my annual savings from there or put money into a Roth IRA. I understand in 2017, I am throwing away 1.5% of my employee match, but does my reasoning make sense? Please let me know if you have any advice or tips for my situation and keep making two podcasts. I'm sorry, keep making new podcasts. And Chris, I must already let you down since I didn't have a podcast last week. Sorry about that. So let me get into some answers here. But the first thing I need to preface is, Chris, I don't know your complete situation. The best that I can do is read this email and then provide you with what I have done or what a lot of people have done in your situation. And why I labeled this podcast Seven Steps to Financial Freedom is basically just a spin off Dave Ramsey's Seven Steps, Seven Baby Steps to Financial Peace. Because I think these baby steps apply to your situation, Chris, and you can use Dave Ramsey's baby steps and potentially manipulate them a little bit to fit your situation. And a lot of what you are doing is fitting the Dave Ramsey mold. And I'll be the first to say that I think Dave Ramsey is the number one authority on helping people get out of debt. In fact, I used his baby steps to get out of debt years and years ago, and it's the best thing that I've ever done for me and my family. However, I don't think he's an expert in some of the other things that he talks about, such as investing, but we're not even getting into that right now. 
So let's go through these baby steps and let's just apply them to Chris's situation in this email. Dave Ramsey's baby step number one is to have $1,000 cash in a beginner emergency fund. The reason for this is let's just get $1,000 in the bank in case something small happens that we need the money right away. That's number one. And in your situation, Chris, I'm not sure if you have that $1,000 or not. Baby step number two is to use the debt snowball to pay off all of your debt but the house. And the way Dave Ramsey structures his debt snowball is to put or to pay off the credit card with the smallest balance first and list them in order from smallest balance to largest balance and then start paying them off in systematic order. Make the minimum payments on every single debt except the very first one. We're going to pile all of our extra money in. And once that first one's paid off, we move all that money into the second and then the third and then the fourth. Some people say, well, maybe you should arrange the lowest, or I'm sorry, the highest interest rate first to get rid of the card with the highest interest rate. That makes sense as that might save you the most money. Why Dave Ramsey does it this way is he wants you to achieve some small victories early on because creating a debt so a debt snowball and getting out of debt is not an easy thing to do. It requires a lot of motivation and steadfastness to make sure you stay on track for as long as it takes, six months, a year, two years, whatever. And Dave Ramsey also says to shut off your 401k or any other retirement savings mechanism until the debt snowball is paid off. So in your situation, Chris, you're investing 3% of your salary. You're only getting 1.5% match. You're leaving 1.5% on the table. Dave Ramsey would say, shut the whole thing off. Invest 0% right now and work like crazy to get those debts paid off. And once you're out of debt, well, now you're going to be able to really turn up that 401k. Not knowing your situation completely, Chris, you're kind of taking it halfway. You're leaving some money on the table, but you're not leaving all the money on the table. And again, this goes back to maybe not being the smartest thing on paper because you're leaving 1.5% on the table. However, mentally, if you can get those credit cards paid off and the quicker you do it, the more motivated you are to keep running through that debt snowball, that you're going to be a lot better off in the long run. Because honestly, it doesn't make sense to not get that free money but it does mentally make sense when we're waking up and fighting every day, watching our neighbors go to the movies, grill out steaks, buy new cars, and we're sitting there eating rice and beans, trying to get our stinking debt paid off. It is not easy, folks, but it is definitely doable. So in the Dave Ramsey world, Chris, he would say, shut the entire thing off. I hesitate in saying that to anyone because if you're not going to be serious about paying your debt, 
and you turn off your 401k and now you're not hitting that debt with authority like you should and you hang on to that debt for years and years and you never let go of it, well, then you probably would have been better off saving in a retirement plan instead of getting that extra money by turning off the savings in the retirement plan just so you can go to the movies more every month. That's not the way it works, people. All right, baby step number three. A fully funded emergency fund of three to six months of expenses. And Dave explains it this way. If, if two people are both working, maybe three, per, or three months is fine. Because if one person loses their job, somebody else is at least bringing in some money. If there's only one income, then you ought to have at least that six months worth of expenses. But Chris added a little wrinkle in this. His wife is having a baby. They are having a baby. That's number one. And number two, she doesn't want to go to work when she has after she has the baby because she wants to stay home and take care of the baby. So she's actually going to be working a lot harder than she is right now because that is no easy job. God bless you, Chris's wife. And I applaud you for doing it. But it just adds some wrinkles into the whole financial equation. And let me tell you what Dave Ramsey would say about having a baby. I actually went to his website and there was a question and answer. The question was, Laura and her husband, I don't know who Laura is, want to have another baby and are in the middle of their debt snowball. Should they keep paying off debt or save up the cash in case something goes wrong? And here's the answer. Wait until the baby is on the way. When you're pregnant, then stop the debt snowball and pile up the cash. You could be pregnant next week or next year. So work the plan until the baby is on the way. If you have a bunch of cash saved up and you have a baby and everything's all right, baby is healthy, there's not extra medical bills, etc., you can put all that money on the debt snowball. It's still going to be used for that debt snowball unless there's some baby emergency. So if we apply that to Chris's situation with the the limited information that we have, Dave would say, get the baby emergency fund going of $1,000. Because Chris's wife is pregnant, skip the debt snowball and start piling up as much cash as possible. Once the baby is born, then throw all that money onto your debt snowball. Unless, of course, you need it because there's some emergency with the baby. Here's the extra wrinkle for Chris, though. If he doesn't get these suckers paid off because they're 0% interest, now he's going to have some issues down the road with a big fat interest payment. And I'll tell you, I believe Dave would say, If the year isn't up when the baby is born, pile up all the cash right now. As soon as the baby is born, throw it all on that credit card and get those suckers paid off. If that interest is going to kick in before the baby is born, well, now you have a decision to make where maybe you want to continue that debt snowball right now. That is a personal decision that you have to make, Chris, because not every situation is cookie cutter and yours certainly isn't. 
But let's all just hope and pray that Chris has a healthy baby. And by the time the baby is born, he has a three to six months emergency fund, hopefully working his way up to six months because his wife's not going to be working anymore. And once that's done, According to Dave Ramsey, then we move on to baby step number four, which is to invest 15% of your household income into retirement. So in the Dave Ramsey world, this is when we finally turn that 401k back on, once we hit baby step number four. Now, you may want to, and there's plenty of people out there that may want to invest in that 401k up to the match and then throw everything else on the debt snowball. Once the and emergency fund, once the emergency fund is built up, then move from 6% to 15%. Chris, you're kind of splitting the difference between what some people might tell you and what Dave Ramsey would tell you. Let's run through these uh, last three baby steps real quick before we have to go, though. Baby step number five is to start saving for college. Once you have 15% of your income put away, now it's time to save for college. And here's some advice, Chris. Start early. Get these baby steps in place. So when your baby is not, or when your baby is still very, very, very young, start investing for their college. Because one day you're going to wake up and that baby's going to be 15 years old, three years away from college, and you're going to say, oh man, wish I would have listened to Scott and started a college fund because now it seems so daunting, I don't even know where to begin. And Junior is going to have to pay for college all by themselves. That's baby step number five. Baby step number six, pay off your home early. And what I tell people is once you get to this baby step, if you have a 30 Uh, year mortgage, get that sucker switched to a 15. That'll at least get you on track to get it paid off before you're 80 years old or whatever that age might be. And once you get to that 15, maybe you're comfortable now and you can actually put more money towards the house to get it paid off in seven or eight or nine years. But get that thing to a 15-year mortgage. I mean, think about it for a second. You don't have any debt anymore. You have a fully funded emergency fund. 15% of your uh, money is going to retirement. You you have savings funds for your kids. And now you're going to pay that house off early, which comes right back to baby step number seven then. Build wealth and give generously. If you can complete baby step one through six, well, you're going to have so much freedom to build wealth and give and give and give. And nothing feels better in the in this world than giving. All right, there you have it. Those are the, the Dave Ramsey seven baby steps to financial freedom. Maybe you're listening to this show, you don't have any debt. You've been sitting on baby step seven for a while, but you know what? It's always good to review these baby steps and just to get down to some of these basics because as as easy as they seem, sometimes we're in the rut of things. We're on our way to having our first baby. Maybe this isn't even your first baby, Chris, but it becomes daunting. And especially when you're the family steward taking care of the money. Oh man, 
That is stressful, isn't it? Of course, not as stressful as your wife who's actually having the baby. Hey, if you have any questions like Chris has, please feel free. Email me, scott at bestinwealth.com. And I want to give one more shout, and that shout is if you enjoy listening to this show, please go to iTunes on your iTunes podcast app or iTunes on your computer and please leave me a review. Because what happens is when you leave me a review, it means my ranking goes up into iTunes and more people listen to this show. And I want as many people as possible to get these knowledge nuggets and learn about their personal finance and become motivated to take actionable steps to achieving financial freedom, not only for them or not only for you, but for your family. Because you are the family steward. No one else is going to do it but you if you're listening to this show. So please go to iTunes, leave me a review. I would greatly, greatly appreciate it. And again, any questions about this show or any previous show or something about your situation, email me, scott at bestinwealth.com. All right, you guys, I want everyone to have a great, great weekend and week, and I'll see you on the flip side. Bye-bye. The Best in Wealth Podcast is hosted by Scott Wellens. Scott Wellens is the principal at Fortress Planning Group. Fortress Planning Group is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Securities Act of Wisconsin in accordance and compliance with securities laws and regulations. Fortress Planning Group does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through the Best in Wealth Podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice.